from the fabulous and famous Fitzpatrick's Castle Hotel in Dublin, Ireland. You're listening to the award-winning What's the Story podcast. Now, here's your hosts, Danny Murray and Graham Merrow Merrigan. Hello and welcome along to chapter 56 of What's the Story podcast. My name is Danny Murray. And the man sitting opposite me with the greatest beard in all of the borough is Graham Merrow Merrigan. Are you alright, Graham? I'm getting the soiling treatment from Graham. Not talking to you. I'll have noticed that. And so have the listeners, clearly. You've ruined my Monday. Graham, Tuesday morning, you ruined. Yeah, look, man, it's, it's Thursday. Like. No, it's not. I don't even know what day it is. doesn't matter. It's Sunday when this goes out. It's yeah. Sunday, Get home Actually, I'm not laughing. That wasn't a real laugh. Yeah. <laughs> that was not a real laugh. You ruined my Tuesday. I was waiting for something to happen for two years. Yeah. I would have watched it after I got home from work. That's too long. Whoa, 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 whoa. It is too long. It's not when it you've waited something for two years. I would disagree. No, you spoiled... You ruined me life on Tuesday morning. We did not ruin. That's dramatic, Graham. No, what, you ruined Graham, it. We're having a lover's for about for about 120 seconds. You ruined. No, actually, I'm gonna say about half hour. I was cursing you for a half hour. You are cursing me. Yeah, because I happened to give you a spoiler. Happened. Happened to. Ha- what led you to give me that spoiler? Excitement. <laughs> I'm not laughing. I'm not ready That's to fine. forgive you. <laughs> That's fine. No. You look lovely. In your Stop Lindsay, being a charmer, you dope. In your Lindsay Doyle PT top. Hello, Absolutely Lindsay. representing. Looks great on you. You ruined my Tuesday. Really really shows your guns. <laughs> You're a dope. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> Graham, I apologise if I ruined it. But when I wrote you, back, did, what were you thinking? You didn't care or oops? What I was thinking, no. I mean, I realised at that point that I'd made... A faux pas. I realised at that point that you're a bigger wrestling fan than I am, and perhaps you had been waiting for a long time for this. And um, all that was going through my head at the time was, I'm not sorry, and I'd do it again. Oh, no, don't do that to me, please. <laughs> I don't like that attitude. I want forgiveness. Or I want you to apologise, and then I'll maybe offer I- forgiveness. <sighs> So what happened was... Yeah, let, let's tell the people and then we'll tell them about where we're recording from. What happened was, it's no secret that I'm a huge pro wrestling fan since probably around 1987. What? <laughs> um, Fergal Devitt. What? Former... <laughs> see what you're doing there. Former guest of the show. What? What chapter was he? Oh, um, I don't know, it was back in January. January. Was making his long-awaited, anticipated... Debut, well, rumoured debut on yeah. Monday Night Raw. So he was drafted to Monday Night Raw, but it still wasn't confirmed whether he was going to show up or not. And then I get a text, getting up for work at half six Tuesday morning. Yeah. Get a text at about 20 to 7 Tuesday morning. From this handsome devil right here. From you, telling me, see Fergal's after, or Fergal, Fergal's going to SummerSlam. Yeah. Deadly what? Yeah. I'm like, you have got to be taking the piss. Yeah. So Danny spoiled the debut of Fergal Deva, a.k.a. Finn Balor, Balor, who debuted 
on WWE's flagship show, Monday Night Raw, and absolutely was raised to main event status in one night, and the crowd went nuts for him. Well, can I just... So now he's going to SummerSlam to compete for the title. Yeah, can I, the, the newly named WWE Universal title. Yeah. What a shit name that is. I get the can name because they, they they refer to their fans as the universe. It's I nonsense. get it. It's nonsense. No, I don't agree with it, but get it. Can can I just say in my defense? You're, There's you're, no defense. There is a defense. There can't be. It's two hours after the show. Yeah, and you said you've been waiting two years. I thought as a real fan you would have stayed up and watched it. <laughs> when I've got work and I'm a grown man. Like that stuff. Can't be before. saying I'd watch TV shows. Are you saying you've never set up for a pay per view even though you had work all the time? <laughs> And was the debut of Finn Balor not as big as pay-per-view? Well, it wasn't. See, the pay-per-views don't have ads. Uh, Raw goes through ads every 15 minutes. Yeah. So he can't be hacking that. And especially, there was no guarantee that he was going to show up. Yeah. But he was on the start, the middle, and the end of the show. So Yeah. The worst part and you is, ruined it, though. Yeah, the worst part is I only knew about one bit. And <laughs> I ruined that big bit for you. I didn't know about any other bits. Oh, yeah. We just fast forwarded straight to the end and told you Luke I'm your father you know what I mean and uh, avid listener of the show with good Woody Shane Fitz it was ruined Heavy for Shane. him as well I and didn't his, ru- I didn't ruin it for Shane no but the, the person that ruined it for Shane has ruined a couple of shows from he doesn't right. even watch it right he just watch it when the big lads are coming back or yeah. he texts them saying uh, see, see uh, Finn Balor's uh, cleaning house and Shane has WhatsApp preview on his iPod, on his, on his iPhone. Right. So that's all he's seeing. Devastating. <laughs> he was holding out for the whole day. Well, look. There's no time for spoilers. Look. Especially all, two hours after the show. All I'm going to say is that, you know, I don't, I don't know if I care enough or not about this one. Like, <laughs> I mean. I'm over it now, boy. I was going mad, man. Yeah. Like, were you genuinely upset with me, like? I was going mad because I was going to hold out. Uh, Look, we spent the first six minutes of today's podcast airing a lover's tiff between <laughs> you and I. Like, I don't know how people are, I don't know if people are going to think, like, the two lads have lost their marbles or, you know, I still haven't even plugged Fitzpatrick's yet. Like, well, it was going mad. Okay, well, then I do apologize. I I never, like, it would have been the same if if it was the Sopranos finale. Well, do you want, look, I'll tell you what, right? I'm only on episode 11 of The Sopranos. Do you want to give me a spoiler for that? No, I wouldn't do it to you, but... I already know he does. How do you know? Because it was out about nine years ago. Yeah, but you don't know he does. I do, because Journey Don't Stop Believing went to number one in the charts. <laughs> People who haven't watched The Sopranos are currently going, what the fuck? <laughs> There's the thing. Something Sopranos hap- finished in 2011. So 2011, was it? Yeah. Mother so, of Jesus. I used to, yeah, I watched that, like... Yeah, hang on. We, we really have to give it back. I watched that episodically. Yeah. So I didn't download it in a box set or watch it in a box set. <laughs> I just watched it. <laughs> I watched it weekly. Yeah. So that was five years ago, finished. Can you talk to people five years after a program finished about... Yeah, you can. Like, is it still spoiler, spoiler alert? No. no, as far as I'm concerned, I can talk about Game of Thrones now. Game of Thrones only finished, what, three weeks ago? Yeah. Uh, and if somebody isn't up to date on Game of Thrones, I'm like, tough. So, two hours after the show? Borderline acceptable. <laughs> You're an asshole. <laughs> no, look, two, two hours out. yeah, I jumped the gun, I apologise. <laughs> you just anyway. got a bit giddy, because... I got excited. Fraser uh, mate... was on the show, like, he's, you know, he annoyed the brain Bally Breck. Something hasn't been done since the 1400s. <laughs> 
and big chief Barry O'Driscoll came along and he opened the chipper on the border of Shank Hill and gave out free batter burgers. <laughs> and it's celebrated slightly different these days. They call it National Fish and Chips Day. <laughs> Usually in May or something. But that was because Bray and Ballybrack were united. So there you go. Where are you going with this? I have absolutely no idea. I'm trying to dig myself you out. You were just giddy. I was, yeah. Look, that simplified it. I was giddy. I was excited. I needed to share that excitement with somebody because my girlfriend has no interest in watching grown men in tight pants jumping around. Where does I do? I'm over. Apology accepted. Thanks very much. Um, there's no spoilers in Fitzpatrick's Castle Hotel because everything up here is glorious. Yeah, but if you're outside the restaurant and someone's coming in, are you going to tell them the dinner's crap or the dinner's nice? That's spoiling it for them. I'm you would do that. I'm going to tell them the dinner's amazing. <laughs> Unless they're one of them weirdos that orders fish. In which case, I'm like, don't order fish, man. What are you doing? Weirdo. Fish comes in a tin, or it comes battered and deep fried. End I like story. fish, but I never order it. I couldn't. I, I, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not brave enough to order fish. I'm not grown up enough or mature enough to appreciate fish. We live on an island. We should be eating loads of it, but I'm just, nah, not able for it. But um, I, I tell you what I am. Um, America, uh, it's on the Food Network. Will you... Please just let us get this. We're 10 minutes in and we haven't plugged them yet. Sorry, 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 sorry. <laughs> I'll tell you what I am able to order, Graham. Barbecue food. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Love a good and look, it's August already, folks. Well, it's 31st July probably when you're listening to this, but whatever. The summer is nearly over, which means you only have a couple of weeks to ring Fitzpatrick's and book your place at their bottomless barbecue. 27 brick. Unlimited food. Unlimited Prosecco. Get it into you. Amazing. Fitzpatrickcastle.com, Facebook.com, forward slash Fitzpatrickcastle. Um, Sorry, what were you going to say? The food. There's this program. Start watching the Food Network. I love the Food Network. Um, it's like porn. What's this? America's Weirdest Foods or something like that? Yeah. And this fella goes around and he was he went to some kind of outskirts of Texas or somewhere, Amarillo mm. or somewhere. And their cuisine was uh, fairy dogs. Sorry, what? It's young fairy dogs. Prairie dogs. Prairie dogs. Fairy dogs. <laughs> fairy dogs. <laughs> fairy dogs. Shout out to Gary Mackle who was currently tweeting this. <laughs> Fairy dogs. Fairy dogs. Fairy dogs. What a prairie. <laughs> wow. <laughs> prairie dogs, that's what I meant. Yeah, yeah they go hunting prairie dogs and then they cook them. <laughs> okay. Like the prairie dogs, yeah. I keep thinking of gay pride or something. Oh my god, I just had this image of a, like a bulldog in a tutu wearing a pair of wings. <laughs> actually, you know, it's like a, that, it's in that rock film, actually. That's the exact image I have. Where the rock plays an American footballer and he has a daughter he doesn't know about. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. What's that called? The Game Plan. That's very good. I enjoy Great that. film. I love, love the rock. Love him. Um, Dwayne Johnson for president. Prairie Shane Fitz uh, predicted that about three or four weeks ago. To what, me. that the rock would run for president? Yeah. I mean, he won't be running this time. No, but in like in years to come. My man Donald has a sound up. My Trump, my Trump, my Trump, my Trump. Check him out. I can't believe it. No, but uh, Prairie Dogs. 
So they hunt them. The Native American hunts them. Yeah. Uh, and then puts them in tinfoil and cooks them in their fur and all on a barbecue. Nah, that's disgusting, carry on. And your man said it tastes exactly like chicken. Man, I hate that. I hate people, oh, it tastes like chicken. Shut up. No, it doesn't. Yeah. No, it doesn't. I love when someone's eating ham and they say, it tastes just like chicken. Yeah, well, that's because they're idiots, Graham. That's funny, though. And they're buying cheap ham. I think they're doing it just for the crack. Um, Probably. But watch that program on the Field Network. I will. I I will. I like um, Chucky Wucky Do That on the Field Network. What's that? It's a show about chocolate. No way. Just sit there touching myself. Chucky Wucky Do That. Chucky Wucky Do That. Yeah, when I first seen them, I said, this is a lot of ridiculousness. Yeah. And I watched that and I was like, hmm. Deadly, was it? That's all right to be honest. It's one of them that you know if you're flicking through the channels and there's nothing on. You just yeah, it's Saturday on. afternoon. Yeah, exactly. It's like you know, like fast and loud or one of them on the Discovery Channel. Yeah, them sort of thing. I have a new favorite show though, what? and it's about this chap who redesigns and builds swimming pools. It's amazing. I think it's called Off the Deep End. It's on Discovery. People give him like a hundred thousand dollars and say, "Build me a swimming pool," and he doesn't build him a swimming pool. He builds them like a fucking n- nature conserve or something like. Really unbelievable, man. It's Waterfalls like that. Treehouse lad Did you ever watch that On Discovery It's a little bit like that But different Because it's swimming pools And not treehouses yeah. But is it the same Common kind of premise Same concept I guess Yeah Yeah my hand Turns a little Crappy uh, Treehouses tree into, into Mansions, mansions. <laughs> I'm like You didn't get Plan permission for that No Dunleary Right down Did not give you Plan permission For what is essentially A small hotel And a tree It's gas though Isn't it All those American programs It's crazy that all Discovery and National Geographic And all have just Turned into Crazy reality TV programs. Yeah, I was gonna say, like, do you remember when Discovery and all used to actually be documentaries and stuff? Yeah. And now it's like Duck Dynasty and chaps just shouting at each other about catching fish in a lake and hunting. Yeah. Like, banana. I like Deadliest Catch, though. I do like Deadliest Catch. Um, I also like Duck Dynasty, to be honest. But anyway. D- one of them spoke at Donald Trump's convention, the Republican Phil, convention. The yeah. What's that all about? Happy. He's a staunch Republican. He's a, a man of God. And uh, I believe God was guiding him towards voting for. Big Don. The the Republicans in America, they're really staunch uh, Christians, aren't they? Uh, yeah, like a lot of them would be. A lot of them would be very conservative, very, you know, the Bible Belt would be very Republican, for example, in America. Um, they'd like a good God-fearing man to be in the White House. Mm. A man who knows the power of the Lord and all that sort of crack. That, I wonder so, who the West... Baptist Church are going to be... Oh, they won't. They'll protest anybody. They won't vote? Yeah, no, they won't. Well, maybe they will, or else they'll spoil their vote and just write God hates fags on the ballot. I don't know, but... Quick story about the Westboro Baptist Church. Pokemon Go has taken over the universe. Not me. No. I caught a squirtle earlier. It was great. No, wait, I took a squirtle. Never mind. Um, I won't get into that, man. That's all right, Graham. I'm not asking you to. But anyway, um, they have... Poker gyms and poker stops and their around landmarks. For example, the Cromlock in Cromlock Fields is a poker stop. There you go, because it's a little landmark type thing, right? All this sort of stuff. The people behind it have turned the Westboro Baptist Church into a poker gym, which is where you go to battle Pokemons. And that poker gym is guarded by a Clefairy, which is the gayest Pokemon out there. So even they're poking fun at the Westboro Baptist Church. <laughs> so there you go. 
Just a little tidbit for you there. <laughs> I'm sure people have guessed we have no guest this week. Oh yeah, it's, just it's, a still. It's just an we entire, haven't done it for a while. It's an entire episode of housekeeping because we've had about sixteen guests, so we figured me and Graham would just spoil you with our luscious, luscious tones. So it's um we've, we haven't done it in about eight or nine weeks. Have no, we? even longer, man. Sure, it's been about fifteen guests, so it has to be about fifteen weeks. And it's just that was just look at the draw, really, how it happened, doesn't it? Because we we like to do three four guests then us three four guests then us. Yeah, we like to kind of do a block of guests and then us, but not one that went far <laughs> as long as that did. Yeah. But, Look, we like to spoil our listeners, and we like to think that we brought just high caliber and good quality guests, you know? So, shout out to Al Fornan last week. Great chapter. Oh, very, man. very funny. Dude is unbelievably talented. It's unbelievably talented. I was telling everyone, everyone's like, oh, how's Al? How's Al? I said, oh, absolute gent. Um, it's gas, though, because you're, you're, when you're watching his clips at home, like, you would laugh out loud. Yeah. Um, but then... When we were sitting beside him, oh man, I was making my jaw was in bits. I couldn't actually laugh any longer. My, my stomach was actually sore from laughing. Like, yeah, you know what I mean. It was it was insane, absolutely insane. But his Donald Trump was superb. Oh, it's, it's brilliant. His Mark Wahlberg, Mark Wahlberg <laughs> cracks me up, man. And I love his Al Pacino. I wish he'd done his Al Pacino for longer. You should. Ooh, um, uh, listeners should check out Al Foreign Comedy because yeah, he does on Facebook. He does do that um, Facebook Live. He Where he just does monologues of all these different voices. It's brilliant. Yeah, he's he's very. Really I loved his Alex Ferguson one man. Yeah, he's just uh, he's just insanely talented yeah. human being. Or is Brock Lesnar? Or Uncle? Yeah, it's Brock and it's Joe Rogan. <laughs> anyway, that was last week. Yeah. This is this week, and it's you and I. So it's an entire episode of housekeeping. Yeah. So, um, what have you got? I got. Um, the spoiler alert off my chest anyway you did I apologise for that at the start I'm sorry about the the mood no I'm not actually sorry about the mood no, you look, deserved it look it's alright and if you want to use this podcast to air air dirty laundry <laughs> then I'm alright with that um, what about Mark Hunt Danny Mark Hunt going on a mad one over Brock Lesnar testing positive for estrogen blockers which are usually an indication that he's been sticking needles in his ass in the words of Mark Hunt um, do you think Mark Hunt should just get over it or does he have a case or I'm no, the like, way I'm thinking of it is that I'm like Mark you got seven times worth seven times the amount you usually get paid yeah I, I'm the way he's going on about it like he has of course he he's has every right to be given out mm. but I can't help but think he wants to be released from his contract and go off to Bellator or get probably more money I don't know um, it's a weird one. I think there's an element of I'm I'm gonna talk this up so I do get more money, or I'm gonna get something out of it. But I also think there is an element of he's fought three dudes who have now tested positive. Yeah, and he's just annoyed. Um, and he's just he's just reached boiling point. The UFC are talking about coming down heavy on people. They've brought in USADA to do all this, and I think they've opened a can of worms for me, and honest, because every other week somebody's getting popped, and it's people who you never ever expect. Like, who would have thought Chad Mendes, Brock Lesnar, and John Jones would have? Well, Brock Lesnar, looking at him, you could probably make the argument, but, but, but John Jones just and Chad Mendes, like. Well, McGregor always said Chad was on them. Yeah, but I think he was saying it in the same way Diaz says everybody's on steroids. I think it was just one of them things, you know what I mean? I think when Diaz says everybody's on steroids, I think. He probably does mean it, but at the same time, he doesn't be shocked when he hears somebody yeah. that's being pulled. But just explain, what is the stuff that uh, Lesnar and John Jones were caught for? Estrogen blockers. So, um, How is that a performing enhancing? Technically, technically, on its own, there's arguments to say it isn't. And then there's 
other arguments say it technically is an estrogen blocker does what it says in the tin it blocks estrogen from coming through which means your testosterone should increase the thing is though people tend to use them on cycles so when you're on steroids you go onto a cycle of steroids and then you come off steroids but after being on steroids your testosterone is like your body's not producing it so you start to like estrogen blockers which means there's no estrogen coming through which means the the testosterone will start to come up trt like uh, a little bit but not the exact same it's kind of maybe the same logic in terms of if you need something to get testosterone back up. To produce it? Yeah. Um, Chael Sonnen broke it down very, very well on the Joe Rogan podcast a couple of weeks ago. And was it Mike Bond? I don't want to give credit if it wasn't, but I think it might have been Mike Bond, the MMA journalist, mm. wrote a brilliant article about like exactly what this is used for and exactly how it's used by like bodybuilders, by fighters, by all different types of athletes. And gave kind of some of the arguments to say that estrogen blockers on their own are the PED and then gave some of the arguments to say no estrogen blockers are a sign of somebody who's used PEDs and they're on a banned substance list because you don't use them unless you've used something else mm. so it's a bit of a weird one because the majority of people seem to be leaning towards the whole like it's not a performance enhancing drug by itself so he must have been taking something but they never caught him for that something so Never it's, caught him for that, but was tested eight or nine times yeah. in three or four weeks. Yeah. And then in the week on the week of UFC two hundred failed. Yeah. So would anything prior to that not have been caught in the other tests? <sighs> yeah, arguably it would have. Like I don't know enough about yeah. how rigorous or whatever. Like obviously they're quite rigorous. Like again, it, like I, I'm, I'm in no way qualified to to talk about these things, and I, I, I really would recommend that anybody to look up what Charles Sonnen has been saying since July ninth about PEDs, mm. because he's been talking very honestly about him getting stung. He's been talking very honestly about the process that the testers went through. We talked very honestly about Vanderlei Silva, John Jones, John Jones hiding under an octagon when the drug testers. That story is mental. If yeah. you haven't heard that. I know we're not technically an MMA podcast, but even if you're not an MMA fan and you're just a sports fan, hearing the lengths that some of these people have gone to to avoid drug tests, it'll give you an indication into the mindset of an athlete. And to be honest with you, when you combine this situation with the upcoming Olympics mm. and drugs and all that, look, there's no such thing as a clean sport. Simple as that. Yeah. There isn't. There's no way ever... Like, even in rugby, just there in the last month, you've had two South African players test positive for performance-enhancing drugs. Rugby was deemed a clean sport. It's mm. not. It's not. Neither does football. I don't care what anybody says. It's mad. Like I remember being on the uh, Paralympic pool for testing. Yeah. And you could get caught on that. You could get caught for something as silly as lemsip. Yeah, if you take if you if take, take a, a norofen, yeah, there's about seven different things that are going to light up. Yeah, yeah, or uh, certain inhalers. Yeah, I yeah. know a guy in the Paralympic community was was pulled for his inhalers. Now we got exempt of the therapeutic usage exemption yeah. to UE, so you got exempt, obviously. But I suppose what I'm trying to say is like, did did does the world governing bodies just want? You just to drink water and eat food. 
You see, this is the thing. Because all these supplement companies are pumping but, it into but you. This, yeah, but you see, this is the thing. Uh, things have advanced so much that there's very few things left out there that won't give you some sort of boost somewhere along the lines. Like, medication is designed not only to kill off whatever is wrong, but to give you a boost of something. So, rather it's an immune boost, or rather it's just to give you a little perk of energy and it's filled with caffeine. And mm. If you drink too much caffeine, you'll piss hot in a test. Mm. So guys are in a situation where if they drink three cups of strong coffee and that afternoon somebody from USADA or WADA comes along, does a piss test with them, it's going to test positive. Yeah, of course. Oh, did they take caffeine off the USADA list? Or is it but just, if you, it, it depends on how much you drink? It's it's not just that it's caffeine, it's that caffeine mirrors certain other things as okay. well. Like. So See, it's crazy, it's so, and this is there's a lot of people. It's all made, science as well, isn't it? it? Is. And that's the thing. There's a lot of people have made the point that it's no longer just a drugs test; it's a banned substance test, mm. and that's the key in all this. Like, it's no longer a point of kind of like you failed because you took steroids, you failed because you took cocaine. There's no dudes who are failing because something so minuscule was in a supplement that they weren't aware of. And they're like, look, I'll own it because, yeah, I should have maybe paid more attention. But, like, you need to get the word out there that this shit's in this and you can't take it. Like, mm. The other side of it as well, though, is that, and this is something Charles Salmon's been talking about, because he's only just being re-added to the, the testing pill. Yeah. And um, when you're tested, they don't contact you if you've passed. So you don't know. You've, you could sit there for weeks and, like, they'll only contact you if you've tested positive. And if you contact them to be like, did them tests come back clear? They're then like, what do you mean they come back clear? Is there any reason why they shouldn't have come back clear? Mm. They, they, they interrogate you then, you know? So yeah. I think certain things need to be looked at with regard to that. But I mean, look, we're, when this episode goes out, we're a week away from the Olympics. Are you telling me this Olympics is going to be any cleaner than the last one? No, it's, it's probably going to even be even worse. But the, the the sad thing about Olympic sports and, and athletics and stuff is that people are being tested for receiving gold medals 10, 15, 20 years ago. Yeah. yeah. And then suddenly people, including, I believe it happened to uh, Irish Walker, um, Rob Heffernan. Yeah, he's only just got a medal it, reinstated to him. Or sorry, re- not re- sorry, not reinstated. He's only just being awarded a medal because one of the Russians who are caught up in this doping scam. Yeah. Um, or doping scandal, rather. I shouldn't say scam. It's not a scam. They were caught out. They were and caught they were out, deservedly yeah. punished. But that um, was a... That was a... The, the government helping the Russians. It was state-sponsored. It was state-sponsored. It's, <laughs> it's actually insane. But what I feel sorry for are the dudes who had nothing to do with it and they're being told, no, you can't compete. Like, yeah. Like, dudes who four years ago weren't on the radar of the Olympics have worked their absolute balls off to get there. They've sacrificed everything over the last three to four years and years before that in dedication to athletics or dedication to whatever it was that they were in. And some of them are now on a banned list, even though they didn't test positive. Yeah. They had nothing to do with a state-sponsored doping program. They're just in the firing line. Because, and I, I think that's bullshit. And I get what people are saying. Nations have to be punished. If it's a state-sponsored thing, you have to punish everybody. Well, no. No. Yeah. Well, yeah, because it, it's the state. Your 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 team. They should be. They shouldn't be sponsoring these. No, oh, of course they shouldn't. Of course they shouldn't. But you hit them with a huge fine. You put penalties on them. Mm. You don't hit the athletes. You what you do? You okay? So if it's how a does state, that even work? Like a state if it's state sponsored, sponsored. Right? 
what was steroid happening, plan. <laughs> what was happening? Literally, what was happening was the you said the water lads or whoever was doing you know, the World Anti Doping Agency, whoever was coming along, they'd go into these labs to say we want this sample, this sample, this sample, and this sample. The Russian technicians would be like, yeah, of course, no butter at all, yeah. They'd go to this fridge, which actually was a hole in the wall. You know what I mean? Because the the dudes aren't gonna look in the fridge. They pass it through a hole in the wall. It would be tampered with, and passed back out. So the the the, the sample that was gonna come up positive for whatever, and that's why like Wada are saying it was their scratch and mark team. So the dudes who look at the seals forensically to see if there's evidence of just a prick of a needle even that might have tampered with the seal or. Any of that sort of stuff. It's that kind of thing. Like it, it got it's so mental, isn't nitty it? gritty. But the point that we make with the athletes, I understand the nation should be punished. But are you telling me a sixteen-year-old who is now old enough to compete in the Olympics, when he was twelve, and he wasn't hanging around with his mates because after school he's gone out and track and field and training, he's done that and he sacrificed the first half of his teenage years. He's not chasing girls. I see what you're saying, but he has to wait until the ban is lifted from the country. Why? The country should be punished. Like the country because should it was be state sponsored. The country should be. The athlete shouldn't. But that, he can't. He can't compete for his country. He can because compete under a neutral flag. It's yeah, been done so many times before. Why can't they, I agree with you. He yeah. should be able to um, compete under a neutral flag as as so many athletes do at the Olympics. Yeah, but he can't. He can't complete, uh, under, compete under his. No, and, I, and under, if, if under he happened to win, and if he happened to win a medal, I wouldn't expect him to play the Russian national anthem either. Mm. But what I'm saying is, you cannot punish people. Who are one hundred percent innocent? Mm. I don't think they are, though, are they? In some cases, they are. They haven't given a blanket ban, but yeah. in some cases, they've kind of stepped back from yeah. the strong words from two weeks ago. Yeah, and they've kind of said no. The clean athletes can compete for Russia, so well, they've they've got, the IOC cases. have gone back big time, like yeah. And then you have Russia coming out and saying they're going to hold their own track and field events during the time of the Olympics, so the people who aren't allowed to go can still compete in some sort of games, <laughs> which is going to be a state-sponsored drug farce. Yeah, it's going to be on Russian state TV, and you know what I mean. What are they going to have? Like, how many Russians would have qualified for the four hundred meters anyway? Like, yeah. But the simple fact is, not ten anyway. No, there are discrepancies everywhere. Look at how Jamaica were tested in the years, but like outside the Olympics. Look, at, they, they weren't tested. They were never tested. How it come? was the rarest. Because nobody was looking. Ah, yeah, just let them go. Have you seen go. the size of them, lads? That's what I'm saying. Usain like, Bolt and all those. You know what I mean? Like These these are top, top, top athletes. And you were telling me nobody is testing these outside. Usain Bolt is juicing. I'm just, look, there's not, one, over everybody. there's not one Olympian who I would sit back and say 100% clean. Sonia. Nope. Sonia Sullivan's clean. She is not clean. You take that back. All our athletes except Michelle. I'm only joking. <laughs> <laughs> no, look, she never. Te- Sonia never tested positive, and she's never been caught out. So I can't sit here and say. So do you. T- but do what I'm there's saying. There's the warden there. So you're saying. So would you say, right? They're not clean. They just haven't been cut out. That's my opinion. Wow. I That's would say very strong. Isn't and I'm, it? Not, I'm saying that about pretty much anyone. I would say. Every, every sport or just Olympic athletes? Every sport. Every single sport, well. I would say, they sit down with a coach and they say, all right, look, because when you get to that level, it's about fine margins. If they can shave two tenths of a second off their time, they will. What's going to get me two tenths of a second? I right, drink Lucasade, it's got more sugar. All right, what else going to get me another tenth of a second? They're going to go through all get this to, and they're yeah. going to get supplements and they're going to get somewhere along the line, something is dirty. And just because they haven't been caught, 
Science has moved on so much since 96 and 2000. Chances are people who weren't testing positive then, if they were around now taking the same things that they were taking, they'd definitely piss hot now. There's a great um, article. For legal purposes, I need to point out, Sonia O'Sullivan never tested positive. (laughs) There's a great article um, that I retweeted there uh, during the week. Vincent Hogan from the Indo. um, He was covering Michelle Smith. It's a brilliant article. A wonderful piece. Vincent Hogan from The Independent. If you haven't checked it out, you need to. It's an absolutely brilliant, brilliant, brilliant piece of journalism. He was saying, like, there's parts of the article where he was saying, um, all the Irish lads in the press room were kind of going, um, how, how is Michelle doing this? Yeah. Uh, She's, she's, uh, she's getting better, even though she's getting older. How is this happening? Um, it's like look. It's, oh, a, it's oh, a great piece. Over a year ago, we had Paul Howard on this podcast, and very brief. And I would love to get Paul back on just to talk about drugs and sport alone because very yeah. briefly the topic of drugs and sport came up, and he talked about Michelle uh, Smith or Michelle De Bruyne or whatever she's going under. Yeah. And he talked about different things, and I'll never forget. I don't stand out in the Sunday World, and at one stage Jimmy McGee was out there, and uh, I will never forget he vehemently opposed anybody saying Michelle was guilty and I'll never forget it because he was like she still has her medals those medals are never taken off her and to this day she rem- and to this day she does remain Ireland's most successful Olympian nobody talks about her though because everybody In knows breath. everybody knows she's dirt mm. everybody knows her husband Eric Eric De Bruyne I think it's Eric is it yeah yeah Nothing to do with swimming. <laughs> and suddenly he becomes her coach. coach. <laughs> and she starts setting these times. She's never even got within an arse's roar of. Eric De Bruyne, who was banned for doping himself. So she just happens to start living and sleeping with a dude who was banned for doping. And couldn't tell a swimming pool from a puddle. <laughs> and she's setting times she never set before. And she's saying, no, I wasn't doping. Yeah, no. Doesn't. Like... It got so, and Vincent Hogan points this out in his article, it got so ridiculous at Atlanta 96 that it took Bill Clinton and Jimmy Carter, the, at the time the current and a former US president, to intervene and put their arm around Michelle and go for photo ops mm-hmm. to say, it's all right, well done, you. Yeah. It's bananas. She's kind of just went off the face of the earth as well, didn't she? Of course she had to. Like, the, there was no kind of interviews or no doc. I'd love to see a documentary now. I'd love, to have years her, later. I'd love to have her on the podcast. <laughs> Michelle, look, if you are out there and you are listening, look, we take the piss, but we don't analyse it. Come on. <laughs> great to see you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, look, I mean... But like, as you said, the Olympics are next week and it's... it's Usually I'd get be, I'd be getting well up for the Olympics. London 2012 was incredible. As a spectacle... As a sporting event, it the was TV coverage was brilliant, fantastic. Brazil is going to be a letdown, yeah. With the exception, of course, of friend of the show, Saskia Toidy, represent this country. Did you see um, Paul Howard tweeted during the week that if he was covering, if he was still covering sport in the Olympics, he'd be done for libel. <laughs> I did see that, yeah, and that's what I'm very afraid of. That's going to happen to me here because, <laughs> like, look. I'm suspicious of absolutely every single person who crosses out onto that field or dives into a pool or anything like that in the Olympics. Um, man, if it, if it walks like a duck and it quacks like a duck, it's a fucking duck. Do you know what I mean? What, like, do you think that the testing then is too strict? No, of course not. No. I think people are looking for too much of an advantage edge rather than just having athletic ability. Yeah. 
You know what I mean? Yeah, because like I, couldn't I, I remember I, seeing um, uh, a news, an off-the-ball tweet during the week where they uh, made reference to a hurdler who's 29 years of age and he just broke a record, but he's not on the Olympic team Yeah, for Team GB, for Great Britain. Yeah, and this dude's clean. <laughs> yeah, do you know, it's gas. Like, Look, why isn't he? man, I couldn't jump over the hurdle if there was a pack of rabid dogs chasing me. But you pump me full of performance enhancing drugs, I don't care one hurdle, I cleared every single hurdle you put <laughs> in the world, man. They can change people overnight, like, literally. It is, the, the, the stuff that is out there will transform athletes. And anybody who thinks any sport doesn't have any of that going on is no you. If you think your footballers are clean, you've got another thing coming. If you think rugby players... How come we don't hear more about footballers testing positive for PEDS? <sighs> like we had uh, Sacco from Liverpool um, testing positive for fat burners, but then... Yeah, I know. Like it's, the, the whole thing is ridiculous. Then then, like, then it was revoked, wasn't it? Yeah, I I actually stopped tracking that story. As far as I know, it was revoked. Yeah. Um, I I you had the Rio Ferdinand case a couple of years ago. Yeah, yeah, Adrian Rutu. Oh yeah, but Remember that was that? cocaine. Yeah, but still, you take a load of coke before you go in your wheelchair there. See how quickly you get up the hill this week. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm not talking about pays. You know, we hear well, about it all the time in MMA. So. Yeah, we did because MMA has started to get scrupulous about how they crack down. Yeah, they're cleaning up. You know what I mean? And it, and the UFC in particular, for look for all their flaws, they've put a very very stringent program in there. They've brought in ah, oh, what's his name? Your man that was part of the, the Lance Armstrong hunt, Jeff Nowinski, that the UFC have brought in mm. to to head up their anti doping thing and all that. They've got Usada involved and all this. Like. People are saying, oh, I, it's ruining it, but it's not, it's cleaning it's it not, up. It's not, it's not ruining it. It's just giving you an idea of how far gone doping it got within MMA. Look, the only, and darts isn't a fucking sport, it's an activity, but, I mean, besides drinking non-alcoholic beer, what performance enhancing drug could a darts player take? Do you know what I mean? I don't know. Like, there is no sport out there, I genuinely, genuinely believe there is no sport out there that somebody isn't doing something that if a drug tester took them aside and tested them properly, they're not going to whip over. But why haven't we heard more about Premier League footballers and stuff, and the league of footballers? And maybe they're not being tested enough, or maybe yeah. the tests that they are being put under aren't scr- stringent enough. Yeah, you know what I mean. I don't know enough about what tests and how often they're done. I know players get pulled aside and they're brought out and they're, you know, made do a piss test and all that sort of stuff yeah. after a match. because I've read it so many footballers' autobiographies that you do, they say it a lot, like. Um, wanted to go so and so after a match, but I was pulled in for yeah, all the yeah. testers. I'm not saying they don't get tested. Yeah, yeah. I'm just saying they what, might, the, they what might. the tests are, how deep those tests go, and what they're testing for. Yeah, maybe aren't adequate enough. Yeah, and we had that story earlier that this year that, that amounted to nothing in the end. Of that Irish doctor in London who allegedly was giving performance enhancing drugs to, to oh, players yeah. from all those football teams. In the end, nothing came of that story. It was irresponsible journalism. But hey, there's no smoke without fire. Yeah. So, yeah, no, we must. I think we should do a full chapter on. We should get like an we expert get in. Paul Howard again. We get Paul in, yeah. Well, we'll move a little bit on, right? Because one of the things that I do love about the Olympics are stories of unlikely heroes. Yeah. Stories of people who shouldn't get within an arse's roar of anything. <laughs> and yet, somehow or another, there they are on the biggest sporting stage on the planet, smiling down the barrel of a lens to. Billions of people. Off their face on peds. 
and love and life. Uh, love and life. So, Graham, I've put together a little list of a few of them. Let's see if any of them you can remember, right? One was in 1960. I'm not remembering that. No. Unless you get magic, like. Uh, Eric we- Mumbasani, or Musambani, even. Remember him? No. Sydney 2000. All the way from Papua New Guinea. <laughs> no. Had never even seen a 50 meter swimming pool. And there he was with an entire pool to himself. This story is incredible, right? If you haven't heard it, you need to look it up. So, Moose and Banny, the, the Olympics decided that they were going to bring in this thing to encourage smaller nations to compete at the games in order to develop sports and develop different things within different sports and that kind of thing and enhance everything. So, uh, Papua New Guinea. Managed to get a dude, qualified for the Olympics in swimming, despite the fact he only took up swimming 12 weeks before the Olympics. <laughs> <laughs> he had... 12 weeks. He had never, he had never swam in a 50 metre sized Olympic pool. In fact, the training he'd done was in a 12 metre pool in a hotel and a bit of swimming in the sea. And this dude... How did he get there? Wildcard? Yeah, wildcard. Wildcard entry. Best part of it, rocks up to the Olympics with no swimming gear. <laughs> a South African coach had to give Melinda the trunks, goggles, and a hat. So he's in his swimming heat. <laughs> right? This is brilliant, by the way. That's it, he's in, he's in his qualifying heat at the Olympics in Sydney. The arena is packed. The cameras of the world are on him. Two false starts from other people. Suddenly... He is the only person left in his heat. So now the eyes of the world are quite literally on him and on him only. Everyone else has been disqualified from this race because he's the only person left. And he has to swim. <laughs> he has to swim the entire race by himself. <laughs> and he nearly drowns. <laughs> did, did he win them? No, he didn't. Like he set a qualifying time of like 1 minute and 47 seconds or something. And the, the qualifying time, the fastest qualifying time in his heat was like 44 seconds oh, or something. Oh, for God's sake. He was over two times slower than. But the dude had only took up swimming 12 weeks beforehand. Yeah. What do you expect? Like, but it, I thought he was going to go on and win a medal. Not a chance. No, none of these lads win medal. Well, no, one lad won a medal. But well, at least <laughs> he wasn't on the pads though. I was going to say. He would have won if he was on the I was pads. Say, if this lad had been taking pads, he might have done a bit better. Like, But, eh. Uh, yeah, I just it's an amazing story. The coverage from it is amazing. The entire arena, like he became almost like a mini celebrity in I Australia. Was like Kill Runnings or something. Kill Runnings was on my list as well. That's technically Winter Olympics, but fuck it, it's a great story, you know. You know what I mean? Is Kill yeah. Runnings real, based on a true story. Do you not know that? Shut up! It is, yeah. Kill Runnings is based on a true story. The comedy One, with John Candy. And yeah, no way. One hundred percent, it's based on a true story. Never knew that. I think it's the nineteen eighty eight. Winter Olympics is from. Jamaica. Oh my. On a bobsleigh team, yeah. I never knew that. Um, Vanderlei de Lima. Athens 2004. Brazilian dude. Um, in the 50 kilometer walk. And this story features an Irish man. Deadly. So he's in the lead. He's 70 and 80 seconds ahead. Which in a 50 kilometer walk is a decent enough lead. Step up. Shamed priest. An all round dickhead. Father, was it Noel Horan? Was that no? That's your man, One Direction. Oh yeah, Father I know. Father Noel, uh, the, the 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 dancing priest. Yeah, he remember he like he interrupted the the the, the he, he interrupted a lot of he things. He interrupted didn't the he? Grand Prix. He interrupted was a tennis as well. He interrupted loads of stuff, loads of stuff. But your man Vanderlei, 
is like 18 seconds ahead, near the finish line, and this raving lunatic jumps out of the crowd and tackles him to the ground, causing him to get injured. A Greek fella wrestles you know, this shame Neil Horan, yeah. Neil Horan, yeah. Uh, he wrestles him off. Vanderlei gets up, holding his leg, clearly in a little bit of pain. <laughs> yeah, I remember and, and continues to walk on. He eventually gets overtaken and loses the race. After, be, after winning, like he was leaving. He was, he was on a what he was, was cruising to victory. What man. was Neil Horan's excuse for doing that? Oh, he was protesting some sort of. But he done at loads of events. Yeah. Protesting something to do with God. Cornelius. Yes. Yeah. Cornelius Horan, that was him. Unbelievable. Jesus, I remember that. So there you go. That was that was the uh, the 2004 Olympic. He did get your man, the Vanderlei guy. He got some sort of honorary uh, award or something. But it wasn't a gold medal from Athens 2004. Anyway, you know what I mean. He did the Grand Prix as well, didn't he? He did. Yeah, he done the Grand Prix. And he done something else as well. I can't remember what it was. Um. Yeah, that's him. Yeah, wearing his little outfit, the little weirdo. Just look him up, Cornelius Horn. Shamed, shamed priest. The Epsom Derby. That was it. The World Cup in 2006. Man, there were so many of them. Like, he's an absolute freak, that so, guy. So, yeah, he, he caused carnage. Cornelius, if you're listening, we'd love to have you on the podcast. Huh? Just saying, if yeah, Con's listening. He, he did, he interrupted the 2003 British Grand Prix. Yeah. The 04 Epsom Derby. Yeah. The Summer Olympic Games in 04, as you already mentioned. And World Cup in 06. He was also on Britain's Got Talent. There was some controversy with Senator David Norris as well. Oh, right, well. Crazy. <laughs> David Norris, former guest of this podcast. <laughs> um, yeah, as you said, cool runnings, obviously. Um, Did not know that was a true story. That's crazy. Yeah, yeah, it's insane, isn't it? It's, um, it's clearly one of them things. I think a lot of people think it's just pure fiction. Because the film came out in 93 or it something. It was a comedy like, as well. Like. 94. And, yeah, of course it was a comedy, man. Um, course. Yeah, course. Love how you say course. Yeah. So, just watch Kill Runnings if you want to know what happened there. Great story altogether. John Candy. John Candy's a great bloke. God love him. May you rest in peace, huh? Yeah. Um, I have a couple more, but I'll only give you one more. Because right. this dude kind of changed how people train. This guy kind of accidentally on purpose managed to revolutionise how people train for events and all that a guy called Don Thompson really? from England 1960 games held in Rome and Don Thompson happened to have been on holiday a couple of years beforehand in Rome and went Jesus, it was very warm over there I wonder maybe I should try acclimatise to this try and get ready for the heat somehow so for weeks and months building up to the summer games, he hotboxed his bathroom, turned on the shower as hot as he could, brought in buckets of steam and water, put them in, sealed up all the cracks and all the doors and all the windows, steamed the shit out of his room, and would jog the distance of his race, knowing that Rome was going to be an absolute sweatbox in that summer games. Went on to win gold. No way. Went on to win gold. <laughs> And thus forevermore, people now acclimatise to where they're training. Or where they're, sorry, they train. Very good. Yeah, so there you go. So Don Thompson evolutionised it all. That's my Olympic stories for you. Deadly, so the Olympics. Yeah, I just fired it again. Yeah, oh no, my I'm God, sorry, the man. noise of that. I'm not sorry at all. Like, 
Um, the Olympics start on the 5th of August. Can taste that. Till the 21st of August. And the Paralympic Games start on the, s- the 7th of September to the 18th of September. Is there an in it again this year, I wonder? Um, I don't know, but um, my fr- a friend of mine, Declan Slevin, is hand cycling. Um, yeah. He took up the sport last year. And he's after qualifying, delighted for him. Brilliant. So he's going to be hand cycling over in, in Rio. Um, so check out Channel 4's extensive coverage of Paralympic Games are yeah. just unreal. Their new video, or their new kind of promo video was excellent as well. Um, yeah. But the Olympics as well. I'm looking for, I suppose, as I said previously, I I kind of... I've always got into the Olympics maybe three or four months before the Olympics and getting in, you know, reading up with the Olympic team and stuff like that. Yeah. I just don't feel that buzz around this year's for some reason. I think the fact that it's um, it's in Brazil, there's been so much nonsense about drugs and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, I think it's the steroid you've, stuff. You've the added bit then of um, the Zika virus and the controversy around that yeah. and people saying they're not going and... All that kind of stuff. The golfers, the golf shouldn't be in it anyway. Well, this is part of it. You know what I mean? It's they got rid of the, uh, wrestling for golf, like and wrestling's the like oldest Olympic I, sport going. I am looking forward. I have to say to seeing Olympics have rugby in it, the rugby sevens. Yeah. But unfortunately, neither the Irish men or women's team qualified. They got really close to it, but they just didn't make it in the end. They got knocked out at the last stage. Like, um. But I am looking forward to seeing sevens rugby at the Olympics, and I hope it's there to stay. I like sevens. It's an exciting at the game. expense of wrestling, though. No, I would say golf is there at the expense of wrestling. Yeah, it is. Because rugby was meant to be there, I think it was two, maybe three Olympics and ago. And then they, uh, they got... What was that? Sorry. I, I don't know. I, I you, a, you paused there. I just had a brain freeze. <laughs> there was... Um, there was campaigns for the, the Greco-amateur, Greco-amateur wrestling Greco, back yeah. into it, but... Golf won, and then all the the mainstays of pro golf have backed down because of his ego. Um, yeah, loads I, of the big names have completely. I want to actually should I double check about the? But there's a Paralympic sport that's coming in. I don't know if it's this year. It might be in it as a trial because sometimes, uh, both the Olympics and Paralympics, they do these new sports, and they do it just for a trial. Do you know what I? This right. they, they kind of like a dry run, but the Winter Olympics tend to do that a bit as well, actually. Sit um for the Paralympic Games. There's a sport, sit down volleyball. How's that gonna work? So you're on a basketball court, and imagine me out of my chair on the floor. Yeah. And kind of like one hand on the ground, and kind of just trying hit the volleyball with the other hand. Are you allowed to scoot around? Are you stationary? Like, um, I think you scoot around. Yeah. Okay. And it's just a volleyball net that's raised lower. Are they? But I've seen demonstrations of it. Are they doing that because like? With the chairs, it's too crowded on the court, or it's too awkward, or no? I think it's just because of uh, classification oh, that it's not okay, only for right. say wheelchair users. It, yeah, all it right. could be someone with cerebral palsy, or yeah, yeah. Um, but they do like it's interesting because we seen when I was doing the wheelchair rugby sevens, wheelchair rugby union more so. Yeah. Um, you know, there's people always trying to come up with different ways of playing an established sport at I say a Paralympic level yeah you know we get this with volleyball but it's it's just mad that you see it, the way it evolves yeah well, it, I've seen demonstrations of it recently and it looked pretty cool definitely um, 
the, look, as I said, the Channel 4 coverage is absolutely brilliant. Um, yeah, press the red button and all on the Channel 4. Yeah, it's, it's brilliant. Well, if you're with Sky. Make sure you stick with it because uh, the Paralympics often give stories and emotions that are 10 times more powerful than uh, the Olympic Games. Like, it's just... It's absolutely brilliant. Like, like absolutely brilliant. Zanardi. Zanardi story. Anybody who's not familiar with the Alex Zanardi story should really look it up. Zanardi was a world-class motor racing driver. He had won kart, which I suppose was like an American version of F1. Won the kart championship, I think, maybe two or three times. Came to race in F1. Didn't quite work out for him in Formula 1, in fairness, but that was a combination of Williams had a shit car and a few other things. So he went back to America, back to kart. He was leading. And actually, funny enough, the weekend of September 11th this happened, he was in a car crash while racing. Um, the crash was so bad that it basically severed both his legs. In, in the crash, it wasn't like from injury sustained. Literally, the impact was so bad between him and another car that it tore his legs off in the crash. Um, Steve Olvey, who was the doctor at the at the racetrack, uh, brought out an autobiography and he discusses the Zanardi thing as part of it. And basically, he was like, as we are running to try get to Zanardi, we kept slipping and we thought it was oil from... The, the the cars like that one of the engines obviously had exploded. We thought oil was all over the track. It was only as we were trying to get up and we looked down and we realised it was red. Zanardi's blood no, because the arteries no. had been severed, so the blood was just pissing out of him like. Um <coughs> So they eventually get to him and like his pulse is almost gone, like he's they're almost like sort of saying ah, he's gone, there's nothing we can do. Ovi shoves his hand into the wound to stop the bleeding. Somehow, Zanardi survives. He's lost both his legs, but he survives. Um, he has... He's obviously now got um, prosthetic limbs. He goes on to continue in sport. He goes back to racing cars. So he's still... Well, I don't know if he still is, but he was at least racing touring cars in Ger- Germany. With adapted steering, like hand controls. Oh, why was he? Yeah, yeah, he'd won a race. He's done. I didn't know he was doing that. Yeah, um, he's won a couple of races. They adopted uh, a kart car for him to go back and finish the laps that he should have done in that race before the crash. Well, that crash was actually in Germany. Now that I think of it, um, the Lutz Ring, I think it was ha- it happened there. But anyway, he decided then that. Uh, he was going to dedicate himself to parasports and, and try use and his reputation to build it up. So he done hand cycling. And at London 2012, he won gold. Incredible story. like yeah. Absolutely amazing story. Do you think um, attitudes of the public change when a Paralympics is over? And does it change just for the honeymoon period after Paralympic Games? Or... Does it change attitudes in a positive life all the time? Um, For the, like, do you get what I'm saying? I, I know what you mean. I, I I get what you mean. It does it pay lip service to it while it's on, and then afterwards it's it's it an afterthought. Yeah. yeah. Is it just? Is it just the? Is I, it? A, is it a patronising uh, fair play to them, or is it an admirable? Get get somebody off their arse to do something kind of attitude. Yeah, I would like to think that. For anybody who makes an impact on it's a lasting impact. Yeah. But I would be skeptical to think that you know, look, the Paralympic Games are going to be on throughout August. 
I would be very sceptic to say that attendance at Parasporting events come September, October, November, the audience is going to be bigger because people have watched the Paralympics. Mm. I just... Yeah, I think there's maybe an element... I'm not really in a position to say, obviously. Yeah, but just but your opinion. My opinion would be, yeah, that people would almost take for granted just how good these athletes are. Like, mm. If you watch even Wimbledon just gone, the wheelchair Wimbledon final mm. was unbelievable. Yeah, I don't know if anybody watched it. I don't know if people out there have seen it. If you haven't, YouTube it. It was a better match than the men's final. But do, do do you, after watching that, are you kind of in awe that it was a great match because they're wheelchair users? No, um, I'm in awe because it was a great match. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm in awe because it was actually just an exciting event. Like, yeah, you know, and you're not um, kind of saying, "Jesus, fair play to them." You know, do you know the patronizing? Yeah, the, kind of. Jesus, look at them! Like, just Jesus, look at them! How how could they pull off such a great match? No, because uh, the doubles like, final was even better. I I didn't get to see the yeah. doubles final. Um, my whole thing, and maybe it's because I'm maybe in a little bit of a spoiled position in the sense that because I've known you for so long, yeah, that I, I don't look at it, you know, maybe the same as other people who wouldn't be as I don't want to say exposed, exposed is the wrong word, but you know what I mean. Who would be familiar with it, maybe? Yeah, yeah. But um, that makes sense. Like because I remember even like my, my brother obviously was in school with you, and during the summer he used to play football at the leisure centre. And if you were short, John would get me to go up. And I remember you playing as well. Like, or the Mini yeah. World Cup, I remember you playing in that. Like, so to won me. Won it, man. 1996. Look at that. Richie Doyle's still going mad. <laughs> so to me. <laughs> <laughs> so to me, it's just like, yeah, it's grand. It's normal. What's, what's the problem? Like, mm. Do you know what I mean? But I see what you mean. And I do think there is definitely. And I suppose if people, if people do watch it and they do kind of go, yeah, that's great to watch, like, then brilliant, like. But I, I don't think they should do it just to be... I'm a die grave for watching that now. Yeah, yeah. You know? But it's it's funny because you'll probably get people... You'll probably get people watching the Paralympic Games and then two months later they could be out in a social setting in a pub or a nightclub or a concert or whatever. And you might get some cabbages going up to a wheelchair user that hasn't got one interest in sport. Yeah. And th- this person has a few drinks in them, and they'll go up to that wheelchair user, and they'll just start spouting about the Paralympic Games in a patronising manner, where the guy or the girl sitting in the wheelchair hasn't got one interest in sport, but yet this stranger wants to talk to them about the Paralympic Games. Yeah. You know, it's almost like they want the high five for watching the Paralympic oh, Games. Look, look at me, like, look, look at me. Oh yeah, sure. Like, and almost like. I know you because I watched the Paralympic Games. Oh, I know what it's like for you, aren't you? I know, yeah. Like, yeah. And this person, like, this person mightn't even like sport. Yeah. You know, yeah. so I think I think there's a mixture of that. I had a situation there, just speaking about social sentence. I had a situation there a couple of weeks ago. I went to see Damon Dempsey with my good friend Donna. We were out in a hut. And we got there, we got there early. And we were sit- it was in a beer garden. And mm. um, it was a great little stage and set up but we got there early and we were sitting down just in front of the stage and there was nobody else there and after a few minutes people were coming in people were gathering in and then there was a woman who was scoping out the seating situation and I had me sunglasses on so she didn't know I was looking at her but she was looking at me thinking I was looking at her 
Yeah. And she was making these faces as if to say, oh, yeah, yeah. Like she was nodding like an L one and she was kind of pointing and kind of kind of saying, I'll be over in a minute. I know you type thing. And right. I'm saying I'm saying to Donna, I was like, who the fuck is this? I haven't got a clue who this woman is. And uh, she comes over and she says, uh, is anyone sitting there, lads? And uh, Donna's like, oh, no, go ahead. You can you can sit down. And she goes, oh, that that's daily. I work with wheelchair users. What, where, oh, did that, where did that come from? It just came out and I was like, in my head I'm like, oh, one of these. Because I get this maybe two or three times a year. Right. Out, out, more so out in town because nobody does it to me in the borough when yeah. I'm out in the pubs around the area. But out in town. Um, so she said that. And then she goes, uh, th- yeah, then she just goes, yeah, I work with wheelchair users. And then she proceeded to take a photograph of me and Donna. And then... Sorry, sorry. It was almost as if to say, it was almost as if she, she took a, she goes, can I take a photo of you two? And I was, I kind of heavy sighed and Donna was like, really? And she's like, ah, oh, just to get a photo. So she took the photo. What, but why does she want a photo? I don't know, but the way she was going on, I was getting the impression that she was going to show the, the people that she works with, the wheelchair users that she works with, as if to say, look, you look can at, go look, out. Look at this lad out and about. And look at this lad out and about because she kept saying fair play to me and all. And then she goes... Does that, does, does that actually wreck your head? Like When someone says fair play to me for getting on with my life, as if I shouldn't be getting on with my life, it's the most patronising. Is it insulting? I hate it. It's, it's very insulting. It can be sometimes upsetting, especially, yeah. especially, especially people that I don't know. Like fair play to you for, uh, fair play to you for playing wheelchair basketball. Why fair play to me? Fair play to you for working. Fair play to you for driving. Fair play to you for doing what 99% of the population are doing. Anyway. Yeah, yeah. Like she goes, uh, how, where are you from? We said Ballyrack. And she goes, jeez, how did you get out here? I said, I drive. What? You drive. I'd have told this woman to fuck off. And I'm like, oh, here we go again. And I says, yeah, yeah. I just kept, I gave her nothing to work with. I was just giving her yes and no answers. <laughs> and uh, she goes, so... I can tell the lads I work with that you drive. I was like, what? What, what are you on about? And she goes, uh, hey, like, do you wheel into the car and the, the driver's seat's taken away or do you transfer? And I was like, I transferred, car's adapted. She goes, that's amazing. So she went to the toilet and then we just legged it. We legged it up the front of the stage. But yeah, like, I suppose it depends what mood I, I'm caught in, you know what I mean? Um, could be caught in a mood where I'm in the horrors and I'll be like mate I don't know you you don't know me is there any point in having this conversation yeah and then I could have a conversation for example I was at the darts a couple of years ago in City West I got talking to this man uh, in the bar after the darts and we were having a great crack we were talking about sport we were talking we were just talking and then he said to me oh my stepson's uh, in a wheelchair and he was actually asking me for tips and pointers right that scenario I didn't really mind, but it's the scenario where it's like fair play to you. <laughs> this one where you're told you're inspiring. I don't mind being told I'm insp- I'm an inspiration if You've done I've inspired if no, if if you turn around to me and say, uh, Jesus Mario, you're you're such an inspiration, I'd be like, Did I inspire you to do anything? Yeah. How am I an inspiration? Don't patronise me. I remember you, you, you talking about this before when we had uh, the great Johnny Fulham on speaking of Paralympics and all that sort yeah. of stuff way back when. I think that was, what, chapter five or six yeah, maybe? Yeah. 
And I remember it was a year ago, actually. Yeah, I remember. Like, and and Johnny kind of having similar points as well. Like, and I, I don't get. I I would never think it's acceptable to walk up to somebody who has any kind of visible sign of anything. Like, you know what I mean? And I don't think. I don't. I don't know what goes through somebody's head that they're like. I'm gonna go up and tell him how great he is for being here now. Yeah. He's here just like fucking everybody else is here yeah. to see a concert or whatever the case is. Or she's here to see people like that to me. They, just they, they need to know that it ruins the person. It could ruin potentially ruin the person's night. Yeah. You're out with your mate. You're having a good time. having a few drinks. And then someone's saying to you, fair play to you for coming out. Okay, and does she know you're a bell end? Like? <laughs> <laughs> no, she doesn't. All right. Well, I... I could have went we were only there 20 minutes I could have went on the tear yeah, she looked like uh, she was rough as yeah. well so I'd say if I was to give her give her some she'd probably give it straight back so yeah. I was just kind of decided to give her the yes no job yeah. Um, no but like I mean if you've talked about it before I'm sorry I'm ranting but no, no, it happens no, I, like, I was highlighting the similarities too yeah. kind of we, we talked about Johnny's experience and, and there was parallels in that and just touching on it, like, so I was just bringing, it's not that you're repeating yourself at all. Yeah. It's just, it, like, I was more so down to plug a previous chapter. Yeah. Shameless. Shameless. <laughs> but it's, like I said, if, if someone local, it, it doesn't actually happen local, to be honest. It doesn't happen, say, if I'm in the Oyo, it doesn't happen if I'm yeah. Dunleary or Dalky. It doesn't happen locally. It, it doesn't, only ha- doesn't happen in the fabulous and famous Fitzpatrick's Castle Hotel. No. It happens in town. Like, lads have come up to me in town and high-fived me for coming out. I don't even know them. They're like, fair play to you for coming out. Jesus. The last, the last time, uh, the last time I think I spoke about this and then, then the next time I was out, people were actually saying to me, fair play to you for coming out, but they were taking the piss. But it actually <laughs> did annoy me as well. It's like, lads. <laughs> Drop it. Drop it. Yeah. No, I, I definitely see it. Went on a rant there right. from Paralympics to that. It's quite all right. It'd be good if people's attitudes kind of changed and they didn't definitely patronize you. I I know, like, let's yeah, I use a wheelchair. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, but so what? It doesn't. It doesn't. Am I right? Fair enough. I'd probably be too. I'm probably too hard on people who are saying I'm inspiring because yes, I've the logo wheelchair around everywhere and I've I've done a bit of traveling or I've I've played sport or whatever. But it's not really inspiring when my next door neighbour does it as well. Like, yeah, yeah. Would you call them inspiring for getting up, going travelling, having a job they dream to have? Well, I think our beard is inspiring. Thanks. I, I haven't had a shave in four weeks. <laughs> I haven't had a shave in four days. Yeah, see, that's disgusting. I totally went on a rant there. I just need to get it off my It's chest. quite alright, Graham. It's quite alright. I didn't plan and to. I would encourage anybody to go and just watch one of your basketball matches as well. Not as a kind of Let's see what the wheelchair sport is like. Yeah. Let's just see what this sport is like. But it's funny. It's funny you mentioned that because um, people did when the Bulls first started playing their matches in Lawrence's. Yeah. Uh, friends that I've grown up with for years would have said, "Jesus, I didn't think it was that competitive." Yeah. You know, like I and I still don't. I've been to maybe what five, six. So that kind of changed their attitude. You know what I mean? They thought it was yeah. just a. They didn't. They didn't think it was so rough. They didn't think it was like. Well, no, I had a feeling that there was going to be kind of uh, collisions. I guess. Yeah. Um. Because 
I'd watched motorball and I'd watched some Paralympic sports. So I knew the competitive spirit was there. Like, mm. But, and I still don't know what some of the fouls are given for in it. Yeah, There's yeah. time the whistle goes and the ref will make a signal. I'm like, what the f- I don't sometimes there? think I don't think the ref knows. <laughs> I hope the refs aren't listening. Yeah. Um, but and at the, the same time, but at the same time, like it's it's actually just an enthralling spectacle. Like it's it, it's like watching any sport that captivates. Mm. There's no difference at all in terms of the athletic ability and in terms of if you're a sports fan, you're gonna enjoy it. Yeah. Like, there's no difference whatsoever. The only difference is, rather than feet, it's wheels. Yeah, That's if you it. love live sports, you love it. Exactly. Well, I, exactly. I love live sports. So I'd rather go out and watch yeah. Paddy Rack seniors football than watch a match on the telly. Like. Yeah. So I'm going to even try to get to a few away games this year. Yeah, the ultras. Can't the bultras. <laughs> I'll have to get a yellow and a black flare. Um. Yeah, so after you having your little rant there, Graham. Uh, Diva rant, sorry. And... Uh, you get me where I'm coming from, though, don't you? hundred percent. Yeah, yeah, I know exactly what you mean. Well, no, I don't know exactly what you mean, but I, I see your point, and I, yeah. I, I agree with your point. Um, in what is possibly the worst segue I've ever made in my life, <laughs> the Olympics obviously stands in the world of classics. Yeah, yeah. You with me? Yeah. And as people are listening to this. It could very well be the 1st of August. This comes out on the 31st of July. There's probably people sitting at their desk on a Monday morning, the 1st of August, listening to this right now. Probably not likely because it's a bank holiday. <laughs> you only got <laughs> that there. <laughs> I did. This is what I'm saying. I was stretching to make this segue because I love any excuse to throw a bit of classic knowledge in. What's so, the segue? Just, I'm going to do a little bit of an on this day feature. Okay. And a segue between the classics, the classics of the Olympics and the ancient Greek world, the ancient Roman world, and the 1st of August. Yeah. You scribbling all over the you dribbling all over the page. What is that? Beard hair. You're losing your beard hair. Yeah. Holy it looks like pubes, man. Do you want it? Do you reckon it would work like stem cells and I could grow a beard out of it? <laughs> it worked for Christopher Reeves, God bless him. <laughs> a stretch is there with this segue, yeah. Absolutely. Classics world. The, the Olympics count ancient Greece and all that. The Romans. First of August this year marked Marks rather the two thousand and forty sixth anniversary of Caesar Augustus marching into Alexandria in Egypt and ending the Egyptian Empire and bringing it into the Roman Empire. It also marks why he then changed the month to August, which is we still use today. Well, so July is named after Julius Caesar and August is named after Augustus Caesar, who was Octavian. Brilliant. Didn't know that. Yeah, nobody did. And I just wanted any excuse to make me feel like the degree I doing was worth something. <laughs> Julius Caesar. That, that's July's name. That July, July's name in honour of Julius Caesar. Unbelievable. And that's why, because Julius Caesar, he wasn't the first Roman emperor. People think he was. He wasn't because he was killed before he could actually be emperor. But July is named after Julius Caesar. Augustus, who Octavian, who was his nephew, who he adopted to be his son, then took over after a couple of wars and uh, decided that he too was going to be recognised as a god. So he named the month August after Augustus himself. Did classical studies, man, on, in transition year and I just couldn't keep up. There's too many names, like Game of Thrones, couldn't yeah, keep up. Far too many names. It's great. I love it though. Mm. Love it. Uh, another thing, August 1st, famous for. Not famous for. <laughs> it's not 
not famous for this at all. I'm really just stretching to give material tonight. But what? Sure, look. We've talked about documentaries on this podcast quite a lot. One of the documentaries we've recommended highly is The Summit. Mm. About the tragedy on K2, the second highest peak. And uh, arguably yeah. the most dangerous. Um, behind Mount Everest. I, I love my Everest documentaries. But I love any documentary about any of those 8,000 metre peaks. Um, but on the 1st of August... Sorry, well, the 31st of July marks the anniversary of the first time K2 was ever successfully climbed. But the 1st of August marks the uh, anniversary, 2006, was when that disaster actually took place. Uh, the Irishman, Jer... Sorry, 2008, the uh, disaster on K2. And uh, that documentary, The Summit, Jer McDonnell is the Irish oh, man yeah. who features heavily around. So check that out. Any other documentaries that you've watched lately or not? God, what have I watched? I watched that or any, one. Any, any TV series that you've watched recently? I started Stranger Things on um, Netflix. Is it any good? Oh my God. If you, I'm, I'm, I haven't finished it yet, but if you like... If you like DT, if you like the Goonies, if you like Close Encounters... So if you like that from the 80s? Yeah, it's just... It's so enjoyable, like... Uh, it's set around the 80s, and it's just it's just brilliant. A couple right. of episodes in, Winona Ryder's in it. Um, right. Didn't she get done for Robin or something? Yeah. Mad Top bitch. lifting, yeah. yeah. But it's it's just so good. The soundtrack is so 80s. Yeah. It's it's just, I'd, I'd strongly recommend it. The poster's deadly as well. Okay. It's a, it's a pearl. Very good. Mm. I must check it out, yeah. I'm currently... I Does watched it, that thing. Sorry, I watched that thing. Lindsay recommended. I don't know if I mentioned the, the hunting ground. Yeah, watch yeah, that. We had a listener get in touch with us about that as well. Did we saying that they highly recommend it? Yeah, they got in touch on oh, the Facebook yeah. from London, uh, all the way from London. Yeah, she be listening now as well. Yeah, um, so she, all the way and uh, said, yeah, it was very, very good. So yeah, uh, that was very scary. Yeah, I haven't watched it yet myself. Not scary as in a, watching a horror scary, but just the statistics no, frightening, is frightening. frightening. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, I watched, it's another Everest documentary, but it was very, very good. You are obsessed. I am. I went off it, and now I'm, I've, it's, it's pulled me back in, man. I don't know why, but I literally, like, I go to bed at night, and I'm reading stories about Everest, like. Yeah. I was getting given out to by my girlfriend, because, like, I was ignoring her, because I was reading a story with this Sherpa on Everest. It's insane. It's actually insane, like. But it's a documentary called Sherpa. Really? And it's about Sherpas fighting on Everest, like. No way. It's insane. Where would you get that? I got it from one of those websites okay. that are. You know, How did you come across it? Just Google documentaries about Everest. Um, there's another series the on. There's another series on um, Netflix. It's only like twenty twenty five minute episode. Yeah, it's called Love. It's a sitcom. Okay, it's, it's quite entertaining. It's, yeah. it's good. If twenty twenty five minutes, a brilliant. I've watched a couple of episodes of it. If you're into like you know like the Naked Gun. Uh, Leslie Nielsen mm. and all those kind of films. If you're into that kind of or airplane or whatever, if you're into those kind of films, there's a brilliant show at the moment called Agent Tribeca. I haven't seen it on over here. It's on over in America, and I've downloaded a couple of episodes of it. It is hilarious. Really, absolutely. It's just stupid humor, but it's like, do you know what I mean? Like airplane and all that. Like, surely you can't be serious. Don't call me surely and all that yeah. kind of thing. Like, but there's one bit where like it's about a detective. Obviously, it's called Agent Tribeca, and uh, they walk into the the. The, the chief or the whatever you, yeah it's the chief isn't it police chief police yeah right they walk into his office and he's like take a seat so they literally just pick up the seat and walk out like it's real stupid <laughs> you know what I mean but like quirky 
yeah, if, as I said, if you're into that kind of Leslie Nielsen like airplane or the naked going on any of them, you'll you, enjoy yeah, it. you'll enjoy that. Wanted to um, finish up on a, a good story as well. Yes, there is far too much bullshit in the world, Graham, and we need some positive ugh, positivity. So when this happened in 2004, there was quite a negativity about it. 2004? 2004. 2014. Thanks. <laughs> I was like, was it that long ago? Or was it 2015? Yeah, it was 2015. I did mine in 2015. Was it 2015? August, yeah. The summer of 2015. Couldn't have been. No, no, no. Couldn't have been. And what, it got to Ireland 2015. What year is no, it now? 2014. 2014, it was. It would have to be because you were in Vegas when yes, you were Yes, yes. It was August 2014 when um, the ice bucket challenges were happening. So. When many, and many people say, oh, remember them? What did they ever do for anybody? What did they ever do for oh, anybody? They were stupid. You're wasting water. Well, it raised millions and millions and millions and millions of dollars. And it funded three or four projects for ASL, the neurological disorder. Six, six projects. Six projects. In- and they have found a breakthrough. Yep. So. They've, it, they've it, identified a gene, basically. That uh, plays a huge part in the entire thing. Which they wouldn't have been able to identify without the Ice Bucket Challenge yeah. money. So, for all the begrudgers out there, go and eat me shite. Exactly. Look, we get it. The social media warriors out there, and that's fine. Look, let them. That, look, what's the, if somebody wants to change their profile picture to include the French flag, let them. They're not doing anybody any harm. If somebody wants to pour a bucket of cold water over their head, or several as I did because I'm a feckin' Egypt. <laughs> Let them. Down Cloney Beach. Down Cloney Beach, yeah. Um, th- there is absolutely no harm in it. And if nothing comes of it, nothing comes of it. Mm. But in this case, something brilliant has come from it. So to anybody who said it's a waste of time and it's a load of shy, there you go. There you go. I'm Six delighted. research projects funded because it is and a breakthrough. Plus. The thing that money can't really buy all that off and awareness. Yeah. The awareness levels have gone absolutely up to the point where, boy, the Lou Gehrig's Foundation, I think it is in America, so it's called Lou Gehrig's Disease, they have said that about 25% of the people who pledged back during the, yoke, the, the Ice Bucket Challenge days are still today donating money once a month. Very good. So that's, that's an increase. Like. So there you go. Yeah. So look, so even if it is only a small amount... It's contributing. So to all the cynical, cynical, cynical people out there. All the county all the county heads. Who just want people to be miserable like they are. Would you ever just go and have an orgasm and feel better? <laughs> Genuinely like. Would you ever just do something to make put a smile on your face, lads? Two thousand and sixteen. You don't need the to fail, be so The fail the fail Facebook challenges were very entertaining. Someone as well. where hilarious. The one where your one ran into the clothesline. <laughs> Absolute cracker. The one where um your man poured the water over his wife, but it was water out of it like a wheelie bin. And then she had a little uh she had a little few cups or whatever and she did it herself and then her, her top fell off. <laughs> <laughs> Just the ditties. Unbelievable carry on. Look, uh, lads. So that's essentially that. Anyway, done. Yeah, exactly. That was good. Look, there's an awful lot of stuff going on in the world, lads. It can be a dark and miserable place at times. Just smile. Just smile. Just smile at a stranger. Give somebody a random, random act of kindness. Like our podcast, cheer us up. I mean, spread, spread the love. 
it's all good, boys. Everything's gonna be alright. This is this is us giving you a nice hug to make you feel better. <sighs> Graham, I'm sorry about the spoiler. It's alright. I'm over it. Good man. Good man. Fergal's gonna win it at SummerSlam. Finn Balor is gonna be the first Universal Champ. Yes. Then we'll wreck the gaff. Woolshed and Town are doing a SummerSlam beach party. They well, they usually do something for yeah. the big, the four big ones, don't they? Yeah. Mania, Rumble, SummerSlam, Survivor Series. Now we have someone local that's going to be huge, unbelievable. unbelievable. Uh, look, I know it's Wicklow, but it's only down the road. And the fact that you hear them announce from Bray County Wicklow as he comes to the ring, yeah, yeah Monday Night Raw yeah. from Bray County Wicklow, Ireland. It's amazing, man. It is absolutely amazing. Never liked Bray so much before in my life. Right, man, look, ever <laughs> since he got rid of the ghost train, I've had something against him, but, <laughs> but I'm willing to forgive it now. But Seamus, it doesn't say from Cabra, County Dublin, no, Ireland. No, he just Dublin, Dublin Ireland. Ireland, yeah. Bray, County, County Wicklow. Amazing. And then the boss man, Triple H, loves him, so. It's great. He's going places. So we've got an Irish, wrestling. We've got an Irish man running the UFC. We've an Irish man about to dominate the world of sports professional entertainment. Wrestling. Professional wrestling. Our football team stock is on the rise and we're going to win the next World Cup. Yeah. In our, our drug-free rug- Russia. Our rugby team are going to dominate the Lions Tour next year and win the 2019 World Cup. Let's not talk about the Lions friendly tour. It's a friendly man. Sorry, I spoiled it for you like you spoiled my Tuesday morning. We're going to have a falling out, Graham. No, we don't. We're gonna have a, you can't just say that. It's I not a friendly talk. Can I did? It's not a friend. No one cares about the Lions. How dare you? Did you see the article in the Irish Times about uh, rugby kind of just going to disintegrate? The Pro 12. Yeah. yeah, in particular. Pro 12, they need to do something. They mm. need to do something fast. The sooner, look, here's the quick, simple answer to that. The sooner... Nobody cares. The <laughs> if you could see Danny's face now... <laughs> Can I just remind you, you go to a league where about 17 people turn up. I'm proud of that. Well done. Just I'm proud I go to that league. It's absolutely horrendous. Greatest league in the world. <laughs> Look, really quick solution to Pro 12. They really just need to go cap in hand to both the English and the French. Turn around to the French and say, listen, absorb the Italian teams, let them in. England, take on the Celtic nations. For the love of Jesus, just set up a proper two-tiered league system, Premiership and Division 1, let the provinces in so that we can get a bit of that money. You know what I mean? Love you. I hope my feelings, Graham. I hope my feelings. Look, we're out of time. We're done because there's going to be riots in here. Um, don't forget to check out FitzpatrickCastle.com. Check out the Dungeon Bar and Grill pop-up here for a boy to eat at Bottomless Barbecue all summer. It's only on for a couple more weeks, lads. Summer's nearly over, as depressing as that is. Depressing, man. 27 euro, unlimited food, unlimited Prosecco. Ring them in advance. Don't just turn up. You need to let them know you're coming. Get in touch with them. Check out their Facebook page for everything and anything that you need up here. But their website, FitzpatrickHassle.com, is where you get the best deals on staying up here. If you're having a wedding, why not book it up here as well? Who knows? There might be some listening about to have a wedding. Um, check out on our previous chapters on iTunes, on Stitcher, on Podbean, on Android, online, anywhere and everywhere. Just search WTS Pod and we will be there. All the previous chapters, like the ones we've mentioned tonight Johnny Fulham, Paralympian, Saskia Tidy, Olympian. 
Everything and Anything. Great chapters in the past. Fergal Deva, Finn Ballard earlier this year. If you haven't listened to that, check that one out. There's some great ones. Chael Sonnen, I plugged him a lot tonight. He was on the podcast too. <laughs> Friends of the show, lads. Every single one of them. We need to just remind us. Look, we didn't really celebrate the fact that we're a year old. We should have. We should have really, really celebrated that. But we didn't. And there's been some great chapters. And thanks for all the love and support over last year. It's absolutely amazing. And it's grown. It's grown and grown and grown every week, lads. And we've got a lot of good plans in the future. And we hope to bring them to you. And you never know. You might be sitting in the same room as us as we do this some week. Who knows? Ooh. Who knows? You're letting the cat out of the bag. I'm just, I'm teasing. I'm giving them a little tease. Teaser. Love L- it. Little, little flash of the nipple there. That's all that was. Nothing <laughs> serious. But stay tuned. If you like what we're doing, tell people. Share it out there. Share it. Share the bejesus out of it. I'm at Dan John Murray everywhere and anywhere you'll find that. I'm at Mary Gamania. Everywhere and anywhere. And it's been a blast. Good 56, luck. 56, done and dusted. Graham. Good luck. Good night and God bless. <laughs>